He is going to go through Pearson. He got it. Touchdown. Welcome in to Now About Them Cowboys. This is episode number 18, and we are here talking Dallas Cowboys. Training camp has started. Things are buzzing. My my Twitter, well, not my Twitter, my X feed is nonstop NFL training camp action. And I am joined by Jess Neverez of PFN and DallasCowboys.com, who was live at Dallas Cowboys training camp and now is home, ready to report on it. Jess, how are we doing this evening? You know what? I am getting major FOMO by not being at camp, but I will say I missed my bed so, so much. So I'm happy to be home, but I still wish I was there. So I wish I could be at two places at once, you know? Yeah, I know. I know the feeling. Uh, my wife's family, they have like a lake house, like 30 minutes away. It's real old. Ooh. So I love being there during the day, but nighttime it's like, I, I want, so it's, you know, it's a, it's a give and take. It's it's a battle. You know what I mean? It's a double-edged sword. But uh, Jess, so I know, so you've been with DallasCowboys.com, I believe for over a year with Girls Talk, Boys Talk. And uh, now I, I believe like a week or two ago, you signed on with, with uh, PFN to cover the Dallas Cowboys. So kind of let the listener know where they can find your content and what you have going on. Yeah, sure. So yeah, about a year ago now, uh, Girls Talk, Boys Talk was created and we had our debut episode uh, I believe after the preseason had started. So uh, the works were, you know, already rolling for that. And then we debuted uh, at that point. So I've been doing that for that time. And then, yeah, I just started with Pro Football Network a couple weeks ago officially, but uh, behind the scenes that happened uh, earlier in June. And so it was a really hard secret to keep. Let me tell you, I'm already like really bad when it comes to big secrets like that. And that was probably the hardest secret to keep um, in the meantime. So it was such a bittersweet moment for me because I did have to leave blogging the boys and that was hard because i absolutely adored working with them and all the staff there really is so genuine and great um i had to put a hiatus on the podcast with brandon that i did there and so that was also really sad and i cried uh actual tears in my goodbye episode there but yeah with pfn it's been really amazing they've been really great to me really supportive of me being me which is something that i valued in my workplace and um when I say this is the job I manifested, I absolutely like to the T. It is kind of scary, actually, how that worked out. I was talking about, you know, needing a flexible work schedule and needing something that allowed me to continue with Girls Talk, Boys Talk. And PFN has been nothing but supportive of that venture for me. So um, I, I love you know, the, the flexibility they've given me there, but where you can find my work on profootballnetwork.com. And then of course, girls talk, boys talk, uh, right now we're on every other day and those days switch every other week uh, right now in this weird 
pre-preseason time in training camp and then come preseason, uh, I believe it'll be the same thing. And then we'll go full force again when the regular season starts. But in the meantime, just uh, getting my brain, I guess, adjusted to writing again, because it's been a while since I've had to write articles. And um, so it's been it's been a lot. It's been a little crazy lately, but the best kind of crazy I could have ever imagined for my life. Man, yeah, it sounds wild. Like it sounds like a roller coaster, but that that's absolutely incredible. You know, having like a a goodbye episode on, you know, blogging the boys and and moving on. Like you know you made it when you when you're taking steps like that. It's evolution, so. It it is, but it's, you know, what people don't tell you about this point in your career is how sad that actually is to leave those things because I did blogging the boys out of enjoyment and and love for for it and Working with RJ Ochoa has been something that even when I was in high school, I followed him on Twitter. So it was something so surreal for me. So to leave that was a very hard decision. And it was something that, um, you know, I knew I would leave if the right opportunity came up and it did. And so when PFN came knocking, it was it was a little surreal because it was something that, um, you know, I, I'm not kidding. When I tell you I saw the job posting, I said to my mom on the phone, hey, I got to go apply for my future job. I'll call you Heck back. Yeah. And Heck and yeah. so when I'm like the moment I saw it, I knew that was my job. And um, since, you know, since everything kind of happened, like I said, they've been supportive of me, how I work, the style of, you know, reporting that I bring and they don't want to change that. They don't want to change me. They allow me to stay true uh, to myself, which is something that I value very highly. And um, so it's been fun. I've been getting some good stories out. So I hope you guys read them and enjoy them because I'm having so much fun putting them out there. Yeah, I, I noted to, to some of the stories I saw that you wrote or some interviews you had over the last few days of training camp. So if you're not sure what we're going to be discussing today, if you're listening at home, we're going to be discussing training camp. And it'd be greatly appreciated, however you're watching, listening, if you're on the YouTube, subscribe, comment, like. If you're on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, subscribe would be greatly appreciated. And a five-star Apple review would be greatly appreciated as well. So uh, let's dive right into it because, again – you know, the last few months, I'm sure. So I, I was fired up. Like I love seeing, you know, I'm, I'm on Podbean. So I don't think a lot of people use that. I, I'm a Google Pixel guy. Most people are Apple or, but I, I use Podbean. And, and when it starts to fill up with those Dallas Cowboys podcasts, like it's, it's go time for me. The last yeah. two months have been like, I'm an NFL draft guy. I love the NFL draft. So even in the off season, in that portion of the off season, I can keep myself busy and excited. But the last month or so, it's been rough. You know, <laughs> and now here it is. We don't need to worry about how rough it is because now it's the exciting time. As long as knock on wood, you know, everybody stays okay, right? So, all right, let, let's dive into it. I want to start off with kind of the tone setter this year. When I had Kyle on a few weeks ago, I kind of talked about, you know, Dez moving on and now Zeke moving on. And those were the big personalities. And they kind of, you know, you see in the intro, like, you can't guard me. You can't guard me. That sets the tone makes everybody pick up their game at practice. And it seems like the tone setter from the outside looking in is Micah Parsons right now. Rightfully so. He made some strong co comments about taking his game to an MVP level. And then he said, is the price of di discipline worth a lifetime of regret? So do you see this intensity and in these words and what he's putting out there? Did you see it have a, an impact on the mentality or the demeanor of, of the rest of the roster? 
You know, it's funny is when I was out there taking notes on my phone of just little things I was seeing to, you know, whether it be to put down in my practice notes or to remind myself to watch back later, almost every single play, it was like Micah Parsons, Micah Parsons, Micah looks great, Micah bringing the energy, Micah rushing the passer. Like it was just nonstop to the point where I was like, I get it, Jess. Like Micah Parsons is being Micah Parsons. Stop. Like <laughs> you don't have to repeat it every single time. Um, but that's how you know he's he is true to what he said in that same press conference of he's about actions, not just words. And I can tell you, every single play that Micah Parsons is going out there, he's giving it his all. And it's very noticeable. And not to say that the other guys aren't, it's just he's at this level where it does bring this intensity that is very visible, just even being on the sideline. Um, as for how he really works with the other guys, you can tell that the respect is there from everybody for Micah. I was even talking to Deuce Vaughn, who's on the complete opposite side of the ball, you know, running back and right. a rookie guy. And, and he was talking to me about Micah and, uh, you know, just certain leaders within within the group we were talking about veterans that um, have helped him. And he mentioned Micah um, a little bit by name, too. So uh, as far as Micah being that guy and being the tone setter, I mean, I'm excited to see a lion swim in deep water for the first time. I guess you can call him a sea lion. I don't right. know. because right. he's uh, He's making big promises. And I think to be that kind of person to... I, I believe Micah. Like, all I'm saying is I believe that Micah can do what it takes to be that person for those big promises to be fulfilled, and he's doing his part. So at this point, um, yeah, I, I just would not want to be an opposing quarterback. That's so you, all I'll say. You mentioned the Lions swimming in deep waters. For those listening at home that are uncertain of the quote, Micah mentioned he's going to be what taking his opponents underwater this year or something a lot. I, I yeah. don't have it word for word, but something yeah, so along those lines. Said that he is going to take his game to the next level by going into deep water. So he, he talked about in terms of his conditioning, where he's at now, his determination it's through the roof and he just hopes everybody is ready. Um, and then he also said, you know, I hope everybody can keep up with me as far as swimming. And he used this analogy of, of taking his team to this new Island and that everything he's doing now in preparation keeps him swimming ahead of people. So then when people are behind him, they can never catch up because he's just doing all of this work. So it was just a great analogy by Micah, um, who is just so creative with how he how he said it. So yeah. uh, earlier on Twitter, I was poking at, um, have you ever seen a lion swimming deep in, in the ocean? Or have you ever uh, seen a lion swimming swimming at all? Because no. I don't think I have, but we're about to for Micah Parsons. Right, right. Excellent. I love it. Uh, that, that gets me excited. You know, tone setters, strong defense, you know, those things lead to strong teams, strong-willed teams, and hopefully – championship built teams and, and and it starts around a mentality like that and, and, a, and a true alpha and that's what mike is so all right i yeah. want to talk about the offensive side of the football you got a chance to talk to terrence Steele, right i saw you 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 wrote something up for pfn what's his mentality see seem like post injury you know and i know he was out there on the field so so tell me about what his mentality seems like and then how he seemed on the field this past week uh, Terrence Steele is such a gem. I'm glad you asked me about him because he is somebody that I talked to in the locker room even just last season. So getting to see him last season kind of at the top of his game and then now getting to see him returning uh, after that injury is really, really cool because he's in really high spirits. He's really excited to get back. 
And more than anything, he has this intensity and this this willingness to to work and work and work because he wanted to make sure he was back on the field for training camp. That was something that he said a while back. That's not even anything new, but that's what he wanted. He set his goals out. And for the fact that he can come back from a knee surgery that he did have in that short amount of time since right. December is absolutely incredible. And it's a testament to the medical staff that has helped him with the Dallas Cowboys and his work because he had to put the work in to be there as well. So he is wearing a brace on his leg. He's not taking full reps right now uh, from what I saw. And keep in mind, that was only the first three days of practice. Um, and, you know, give you perspective on that. Tyron Smith also wasn't taking those full reps. So okay. there were there were guys that weren't taking those full reps. It wasn't just him. Um, and they weren't in pads either. So it's not like you were seeing a full force team with the practice reps that I saw. So um, he's in really high spirits. He's really excited. And more than anything, when I was talking to him, he had just this confidence to say, I was going off of my best season and I want to pick right back up where I left off. And again, um, you know, I, I try not to be a homer, right. With my reporting and, and I try to be fair, but when you're talking to these guys and having these kind of conversations, you can get a tone pretty easily for them. So, you know, I'm not going two for two by being like, oh, he's going to do what he says, like I did with Micah, because right. everyone knows that with Micah. But with Terrence, not a lot of people get to have those kind of conversations with him. And so I can tell you, like, the tone was great. The confidence was there. And I'm really, really happy for him that he gets to make this recovery. And he looks good. He looks good. He feels good. I love it. And, and Terrence, like the thing kind of around Terrence throughout his career was he worked hard and developed himself into the player he, he is now. Yeah. The, the Cowboys didn't project him, I don't think, to be a starter. He was uh, going to be like a rotational tackle, swing tackle, right? And yeah. he worked his tail off, put himself in a position to start, and now he's going into a contract year. So the confidence is there and the money's on the table. And he wants to secure it, which all sounds yeah. like a, a good recipe for success. Yeah. And another guy going into a contract year that I think is highly underappreciated is center Tyler Biotish. He's somebody else that I got to talk to in, in the offseason. We, uh, we were at SportsCon and saw Tyler and caught up with him. And the thing about Tyler is he really is just so smart when you're talking football with him. You can just pick at his brain for hours about his football smarts and he can give you new things to learn so um, sounds like have, a wisconsin lineman oh yeah, yeah. De <laughs> definitely yeah. Yeah. and you have to be if you're the center of this team literally you are the center mm -hmm. um you have to be smart and so a lot of the things that you know i'll admittedly say i wasn't very brushed up on on the offensive line specifically last season a lot of the things that i kept an eye on were because tyler would tell me like hey here's this or i'd go ask him questions of hey this is happening what is this why is this and it, he's always willing to share that knowledge with me which i always appreciate that's cool um so another guy coming on a contract here is tyler biotish and um so that, that entire line when you look at look at it down the row has something to prove. I right. mean, and it's it's almost a story that writes itself when you look at every single individual person's story. Um, and yeah, so I think 
Terrence Steele's road to recovery was incredible. I'm excited to see what he can do, um, you know, as time goes on and, and things become a little bit more clear for less restrictions. Um, and, and I'm just, yeah, that O-line I think is the conversation has been, well, how's the continuity? Because there's so many right. different versions of it. It's there. Right. In fact, I talked to Tyler about that a lot too in, in asking him, is there continuity within versatility? And his thing is, well, yeah, because no matter who's next to me, I know what they're going to do. Everybody right. has their certain kind of nuances that I get to learn along the way because we're practicing this way. So they're not really they're they're prepared for anything, really. Which and that, and that I feel like would breed confidence, knowing that if somebody gets hurt, if somebody needs to be replaced, there's not going to be a major step back because we're prepared for. It. So I'd imagine, you know, yeah. I'm not I'm not an uh, NFL offense alignment. But you know, having that, having those backups ready to go, who've been in there now, so so you answered that. I was going to ask, you know, so with Zach gone, it sounds like there was a lot of confidence this week. With Zach not there, and I know he said I'll be there soon. Did you notice, like, was there any fear or doubt, or was it business as usual? It's business as usual because you know this is their job at the end of the day, right? It, right. Think of it in terms of of your work. If you go to work and your coworker is not getting paid. Right, you know, right. enough and they're holding out, you're going to sit there and be like, I support you right, because right. I agree with you, but I still also have to do my job. And right, so right. that's kind of the mentality there with the guys is they support Zach and they're not shy to say that, that they support his decision to be holding out and, you know, to pay him, they, they support that, but also they know that they have to prepare themselves too, because when Zach gets back, they also have to be ready to play at that level again right. because it's Zach Martin, right? So they can't just, you know, step back and say, oh, Zach's not here. What are we going to do? No, they have to step up. And especially guys uh, specifically like Josh Ball, who's been playing in that right guard position, has to be ready to step up. And he has something to prove too because, you know, there's certain guys on this team where you mention a name and Cowboys fans just – kind of don't like that. And I'm right. saying that very lightly, right? So um, Josh Ball somebody that has something to prove and now is his chance to prove it. So I do see him taking those reps and I do see him working with guys on the side and asking questions. So, um, you know, again, these kind of outdated storylines of Josh Ball not being great and, and him not being the answer. Well, right now he is because that's what you have to work with. Uh, Chuma Idogo was also getting some right guard reps from what I saw. Uh, he looked really good. So again, it's, I guess my best advice for anybody watching all of the training cam content is just understand that the preconceived notions you might have about a player doesn't necessarily mean it stands strong in time. And as time goes on to now in training camp, right, because right. these guys have had a whole off season under their belt. They've been training together. They've been working together and the continuity is there, especially with the O-line. I love it. So they have had a whole off season and there's some guys that I expect to develop from that off season. And what did Tyler Smith look like physically from year one to year two? Does it like, did you notice a, a progression? Cause I know there's usually a jump from year one yeah. to year two. You know what I noticed about Tyler Smith is first of all, he looks leaner. He looks stronger and um, you, you can see that just physically, but what I really noticed is when he was doing his interview, he sounds more confident. He okay. sounds like a guy that knows what he's doing. And that's exactly what he said, right? Is this year, it's not really 
about me learning how training camp goes. It's I know the expectations. I really just have to focus on football. And a lot of the guys that are in that year two position will tell you the same thing. But with Tyler specifically, you know, talking to him last season was really cool because um, the the rookies from last season and I kind of connected in in a way that this is all of our rookie season. So let's get through this together, you know. Um, so Tyler and I talked a lot and he off the field, he's just the most polite, gentle guy. I mean, yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Yes, sir. No, sir. Thank you. Shakes your hand. Like he is the most respectful, polite guy. And he's a little soft-spoken even. And, and that was the Tyler Smith that I was used to talking to last season, going to training camp. He's standing up taller. He's speaking louder. He is sure of what he's saying and you can see it. So I think it's this newfound confidence that he has going into this year that is is what stood out to me the most about him. I love it because what you're saying throughout, there, there's a trend, confidence. Confidence, yeah. I think, like I need to put it in the title of this episode because that's, <laughs> that's a trend and I'm all for it. And as long as it's a calm, controlled confidence. Yeah. You know, there's a difference between arrogance and confidence and you're not yeah. leaning. It doesn't sound like you're saying that. You're no, saying no. belief. And belief yeah. is strong because you got to believe it before, like yeah. you did, you know, before you moved on to, you know, PFN, you knew it was going to happen. These guys, they, they expect to succeed. So hopefully they have a similar transition. Now there's another player, Jalen Tolbert, who I've heard nothing but good things about all week. And I want to know from you, you got to see it in person. What was the deal with Jalen Tolbert this week? How does he look? So Jalen, oh man, I I was so excited to do a story on Jalen this camp because again, you're talking about a guy that I saw all last season in the locker room. And, you know, when no one was really giving him much attention or second look because he wasn't having a productive season, he wasn't doing anything really. And nobody knew why at that point, I would still go up to him and say hi and, and talk to him and, um, so it was really cool that we already had that pre-established thing built. And then when the season ended and everything kind of started coming back from mini camp and OTAs, it was, oh, how's Jalen Tolbert going to look? That was the first real storyline, right? Everyone was curious what the difference was going to be. And he was very vocal in the off season about talking about his struggles with being overwhelmed by the playbook and actually adjusting to life as an NFL wide receiver, because it's very different. Um, and on top of that, you had an offensive scheme that was not just a little confusing for him, but for the entire offense. And, and you know, that's a whole other yellow brick road to go down. Um, but there were so many factors that worked into why Jalen Tolbert had the year that he did, right? So for me to see this guy that clearly just wanted to be doing more, and you could see it to the guy now that is like the talk of training camp and – really projected to be this breakout guy in his year two jump. It is so amazing to watch because again, you want to talk about a story that writes itself. There you go. And it's really cool because Brian Schottenheimer even talks about um, how hard of a worker Jalen Tolbert is and his notebook. He talked about his notebook yesterday in the press conference. And he said, I don't know if he'll show you guys, but I want you to ask him to show you his notebook because it had just according to Schottenheimer, I had all of these details, highlights, underlying, just the most beautiful set of notes in this notebook um, right. 
been studying the playbook. So he's hungry. He wants it. He's gotten that offseason work in the backyard. He's gotten that offseason work with Brandon Cooks and CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup. And he's putting the time in. And so, you know, anytime I see, and this is before camp, right? There was people that would talk online about, oh, Jalen Tolbert, he's not going to do anything. I just, I was so excited for him to come out in camp and be like, want to bet? Because he's the kind of guy that was working in silence to be great. He didn't have to rub it in anybody's faces. He didn't have to be out there, you know, really showing what he was doing, but he was putting in the work. And now what you're seeing is all of the work that he's been putting in for the last year come to light. He looks like a starting wide receiver. I mean, you you asked how he looks. He looks like a starting wide receiver. He looks great. He looks, he looks great. He looks fast. First of all, he's fast. His route running abilities, his separation, all of it is there. All of the ingredients were there. And a big big guy too. Yeah, he is. He's, and, and he's, his uh, wingspan's really bigger than I thought it was even just, you know, sitting down in the locker room and actually seeing him at work is just two different things. Right. Um, And so a big thing that Dak talked about with Jalen specifically was it was a confidence issue and a mental game because this game, you know, you can know the playbook all you want or you can't. And it's a mental game. If, if mentally you're not confident in your game and you kind of forget your reason why you were selected for this, you know, this calling in life or this team, it's it gets a little tricky. So Dak talked about this week, you know, his role in, in helping Jalen find that confidence and that's what you're saying. You're saying, again, uh, you're talking about confidence, a confident guy that wants to go in there that's hungry. And he, look, knock on wood, he looks like a starting wide receiver. That's depth. You know, depth, Dak loves to spread the ball out. Like, I think that maybe that's something he learned from Tony or maybe because Tony was good at that too. Tony yeah. would find the fourth, fifth receiver if you were open. It seems like Dak does a very good job. I mean, he got Cedric Wilson paid. You know, I know yeah. Cedric Wilson, he did his own thing. He got himself paid, but Dak helps. Because Dak won't doesn't mind finding those, you know, fourth, fifth options. Now, all right, let's move to the defensive side of the football. Yeah. You know, Trayvon Diggs, it sounds like a bruise, toe. It, it sounds minor. Yeah. Uh, Donovan Wilson, a little more severe, four to six weeks with a calf strain. So it stinks to have two guys who we just paid big factors in the defense missing time. So with those DBs kind of, you know, I know Dono's a little more long, long-term and Diggs is, is just now. Who who seems to have stood out in their absence over the last few days? I would say the the two guys that come to my mind are Marquise Bell and Nashawn Wright. I think those are two guys to keep an eye out for that, again, you're talking about a sink or swim mentality really from Micah Parsons. Right. Uh, now's your time because how many times hopefully hopefully not a lot hopefully none after this are you going to get to are you going to get the chance to prove something without Trayvon Diggs on the field without Donovan Wilson on the field you're not that just that doesn't happen um and so yeah you know I about the injuries the sky's not falling I saw people panicking the sky's not falling there's 44 days when we're recording this until the season opener so this airs tomorrow so I only say oh no because it seems too long I know it'll go by fast but um you know it gives these guys time to heal and recover um the younger guys what's what's really cool about this team and, and a trend that I've been really hearing from all the guys and the coaches alike is this beautiful merge between veteran and younger players. 
and how much that is benefiting everybody because it not only rejuvenates these older players, but it also benefits the younger players to be able to pick things up quicker and learn. So again, um, Marquis Bell, I think was somebody that I noticed early on too, right after Donovan was out. Um, he stepped in right away. And then Nashawn Wright, I've seen on multiple occasions, Trayvon Diggs, you know, kind of pulling him aside, giving him some tips. But what's funny too is, you know, Trayvon also still gets coached by Stefan Gilmore. I mean, they're they're all just so willing to coach each other, you know, and, and they're not above that. And so I think, yeah, the younger guys in general, Izzy, Izzy's another guy that, you know, I'm I'm kind of bummed that he's dealing with uh with something himself right now because he was having a really good couple of days of camp. Again, I don't think it's anything to worry about. Um, is he somebody that's on the come up that I'm excited to see this year too? Awesome. Awesome. All right. I'm going to ask you one more question. All right. It's about the rookies. It's about the young guys. So I love the rookies. You know, I know we got overshown. I got to see in person at the senior bowl, you know, obviously Mozzie. So who are some rookies or one rookie that stood out to you this past week? Oh man. Okay. Rookies that have stood out to me and let's start with the one and only Deuce Vaughn. Let's start there and we'll work our way up. Deuce, you know, I, I kind of hate the, the, um, the viral videos that are going around right now for the wrong reasons for Deuce, because it really does take away from the work he is putting in. So when I got the opportunity to talk to Deuce, you know, yesterday, I was talking to him about, Hey, you know, what's, what's the off season been like for you? What's the adjustments? I did a really good article with him and funny enough, um, I talked to Deuce and then we heard from the coordinators after that. And it was pretty cool because when I was talking to Deuce and he said a little nugget and, you know, when you do these interviews, sometimes you get little nuggets that just make your ears go, what did he say? Like, what was that? Um, and, and make a little mental note to go back later and, and check into. Right. So for me, um, Deuce is the obvious answer because his little mental note or my mental note that I, I took out of hearing him talk was that somebody that he really looks up to and admires is Darren Sproles. Okay. Um, obviously because they're, you know, in the same range of, of height, I believe Darren Sproles is maybe like a little taller than him, half an inch, an inch, if that. Um, and Deuce said, yeah, that's why I wear this number 43. Okay. So he said, Darren Sproles is somebody that he's reached out to a lot that he texts if he has questions um, so he said that and I was like, okay, I'm going to look into that later for my story. Deuce went to Kansas state, right? Yep. So did that, that's where Sproles went. Yeah. Yep. And so Deuce has grown up really idolizing him for, for a lot of reasons. And so then, you know, it's funny because I had that interview with, with Deuce first. And then shortly after we go into the meeting with the coordinators and, uh, or not the meeting, the press conferences and guess who, Brian Schottenheimer said, I'm not comparing him, but I'm just saying, you know, if if Deuce has some kind of juice like somebody I know, it's Darren Sproles. And I said, ha ha, that's good. Thank you. Because Schottenheimer had no way of knowing Deuce and I just had that conversation. So then in comes Bones Fossil. And guess who he compared? Not compared. I shouldn't say compared. But guess who he brought up in the conversation as Deuce again? Darren Sproles. So, um, again, that's, that's putting a lot of pressure on somebody, right? So I'm not here saying like, Deuce is going to be Darren Sproles. Nobody's saying that. It's just, 
when you have a guy that idolizes somebody like that and is picking their brain and gets to really work, you know, work with and and text and ask advice to, that doesn't work against you. And I asked Deuce, I said, what's your mantra for this training camp season? Like, what what are you living by day to day? And he said, be a sponge, just be a sponge and, and absorb everything I can. And he's, look, Deuce is fast. He is fast. He's very shifty. He can find the holes. Really excited to see more of him throughout the season. Um, obviously, Mozzie, hello. Um, we, I didn't see much of him online because, you know, they didn't really show much of it. So how, how do you look? He looks good. I talked to Mozzie again in the offseason, and <laughs> I said, Mozzie, what are you looking forward to the most of training camp? He said, hitting somebody. Huh. <laughs> I said, okay, <laughs> enough said. Um, right. So Mozzie, you know, really his job is to stuff the trenches. Um, his – his immediate job he knew was to stop that run defense. And let me just say, I don't want to be an opposing lineman going against Mozzie Smith. He is plowing through guys. I mean, plowing through. So you have Mozzie Smith, Jonathan Hankins working next, next to each other. It's pretty cool to see. Um, We haven't had a, we haven't had nose guards like that interior like that in in a while. Oh yeah. And they picked up Hankins middle of the season last year. Yeah. Oh yes, exactly. And, and um, yeah, so I think for him, it's, it looks like it comes easy to him, right? Because he's just so, he's so good at what he's doing. So I can't even imagine when we're talking about Mozzie in a year from now, after he's Mm. had a year with Dan Quinn under his belt, I can't even imagine. Um, So those are the two that come to my mind right away. Um, More so for me, you know, the rookies, they all have their own stories. Um, somebody that I really wanted to talk to when when camp started was Schoonmaker because okay. he's been, you know, he's now out with the injury that um, is going to keep him out for a little bit. But from what he told me, it's it's going to get better. He's on the up and up. Schoon, Schoon is interesting to me because if you know anything about me and, and my love for football and where it started – came from Jason Witten and Jason Witten was a very vital role, played a very vital role in, in me loving football. I used to hate football. So um, when I learned about Jason Witten and Tony Romo and Dez and just that whole era, Sean Lee, that was the team that really got me into football and Jason Witten. Oh, Dez caught it. Um, (laughs) So for me, the tight end position has always been something that I, I watch more. Uh, on the offense that I'm more versed on because of Jason Witten. And that's kind of, I started from the tight end room and then I expanded my football knowledge from okay. there, which is such a weird way to put it. Um, so for Gotta me, start tight somewhere. Ends, uh, you do. And tight ends yeah. will always have like a, a soft spot in my heart, especially just, you know, being in growing up in the Jason Witten era. So for me drafting a tight end in the second round, I was on that. We're going to draft a tight end in the first round uh, train for a long time. And Schoon is the perfect addition to this room. I don't think he's necessarily taking things away from guys that are already in the room. He's just an addition. And that room is just so intriguing to me because between Jake and Peyton and Sean, who I tweeted about earlier today is extremely underrated you have, you know, Luke that's going to come in here and just make it a four horsemen's deal. You're not talking about three. All good things come in threes, but when you're talking about tight ends in the Dallas Cowboys room, they're going to come in fours this season. So for me, you can't have enough tight end sets. You can't have enough big body guys that are going to help block, especially in the absence of Ezekiel Elliott now, who 
was extremely helpful in that department and people forget that and you really don't have a guy that makes up for that so if you can get me an extra tight end in that room that's going to ensure that the blocking aspect of things are shored up with ezekiel elliott's absence do it so schoon is a guy that he fits right in like you 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 see little molds of a dallas cowboys tight end right now schoon fits right in he's a really good guy to talk to and um we're talking about him doing some mental reps yesterday. He, um, and, and just throughout the time I was at camp, he's on the sidelines still working. So it, it could be really easy for a guy to sit there and kind of just like watch what's going on because they're playing right in front of him. Nope, not Schoon. He's sitting there lining up, acting like he's right there in the line and he's doing it with them to the extent that he can with his injury on the sideline. So um, Schoon's somebody that I'm, I'm really high on and, I think he's just a perfect addition to the tight end room. Love it. Well, man, this episode has been phenomenal. We covered a lot, Jess. I really appreciate you giving us your time and giving the listeners your time. I know you just got back from camp. You're probably super busy. So Jess, one more time, let everybody know where they can find you on, on X, which is uh, Twitter. I got to get so used weird. to that and yes. where, where they can find you and the rest of your, your the work that you're putting out. Oh, yeah, for sure. You can find me on X or Twitter. I will forever call it Twitter. I don't yeah. think I could ever call it X. Right. The only X I'm calling is when Des throws it up. Um, it. <laughs> but uh, on X slash Twitter, whatever you want to call it, you can find me at Jess Navarre's underscore. Same thing on Instagram. I'm not really as active on there. All my good stuff's coming out on Twitter. Uh, ProFootballNetwork.com. You can follow all my articles there. Then tune into Girls Talk, Boys Talk. Um, we are the first show in the mornings. Um, like I said, every other day, it's a little weird. So this coming week will start, I want to say, on Monday. But don't quote me on that. Just keep an eye out. Just yeah. keep an eye out. 10 o'clock Central Time, Girls Talk, Boys Talk. Just keep an eye out for it every day because it's really fun. And I really I take so much pride in that show and getting to do it uh, with Aisha and Haley and uh, Christy when, when she joins us. So yeah, please make sure to tune in. Um, yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me on today. It's it's one of those things where uh, work doesn't feel like work. So I love doing this kind of stuff. Love it. Thank you so much. And everybody listening at home, we appreciate you. Make sure you subscribe, comment, like, all that good stuff. And we'll catch you all next week. Take care.